Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, this week we're going to talk about something that crops up so, so much in any organisation. It's certainly something that I've spoken about at length with people on this podcast in the past. Today I'm really going to get under the skin of it. The topic is how to maximise the impact of your internal training as a small business and how to really create that culture of personal development for your employees, how to empower them and how to nurture them and let them really develop as individuals. And I'm joined this week by possibly the nicest man in podcasting, certainly the nicest man I've met in podcasting so far, Mr. Colin Gray. Welcome, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much for that intro, Mark. It's, uh, it's very, very kind of you. That wasn't even pre-written. That was on the fly. <laughs> so, Colin, for the listeners out there, we've spoken in the past and uh, you know we come across each other quite a lot in the podcasting world, but we are here to talk about training. So I just want to kind of get a feel for your background, first of all. Where does the podcasting come in? Where does your training background come in? And who is Colin Gray? Okay, uh, this is something I always struggle with. I really need to get a better story because I, uh, yeah, I've done far too many things over the years. Um, a symptom of my uh, unorganised and unfocused and uh, yeah, very quick to to boredom nature. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, in the in the education side of things, uh, I started out. Um, well, I was a web designer by trade uh, back in the day, back when I was in uh, my early twenties. Um, but I got a job at uh, a college, John S. College in Edinburgh. Uh, teaching web design actually that was my first foray into education um, and from there I was uh, I was a learning assistant on a few different web design courses and it's great fun just working with students and stuff just doing the actual day-to-day -day, uh, teaching them how to make websites that was great um, but I moved over to Napier not long after that where I was an e-learning developer so I was employed just to create online courses for people um, which I really enjoyed doing. Um, I just did a lot of content development, really creating courses, creating the materials, creating videos. And that's where I started getting into podcasting as well, because I uh, started to create a lot of uh, audio materials, audio courses uh, to help people, um, well, learn subjects of anything. It's like all sorts of subjects are in university. Um, and basically from there, I was uh, moved up in a few different positions, ended up as a professional development advisor. So I was actually training all of the lecturers around the university on how to do good online learning, um, which included podcasting, but also included actually just general um, pedagogy, which is uh, sort of learning science and just how to how to create a good course, how to how to teach people well in an online environment, an asynchronous environment, or even just in person as well. So that's kind of how I've come to come to today, I suppose. So that's quite a uh, it's quite a diverse journey then going from something that you were you know you're actually working in the environment of delivering designs and delivering products and moving forward to helping people deliver their own versions of those that, that must have been quite a shift for you yeah yeah it was uh, yeah it was interesting <laughs> I actually I think I've always I've always enjoyed the teaching side of things so that's how I ended up running workshops when I first went to Napier um rather than just creating the materials themselves I ended up doing a lot of classes for the lecturers there uh, so then a lot of kind of internal staff training and stuff like that and I just really enjoyed it it's good fun working with people and it's always pretty rewarding I mean any teacher will tell you it's always pretty rewarding seeing folk uh, take away what you've told them and do really well with it um, and it, it's quite cool working at a uni as well in that 
you get a kind of double effect of that because you get the lecturers that learn stuff and they do really well and they get enthusiastic, but then actually you see their courses improving and then the students get a far better experience too. So there was this kind of amplifying effect where I taught one person and actually it affected like the 200 folk that they taught. So it was quite cool. That must be so fulfilling for everyone out there who's, you know, there's so many people there with jobs that they don't personally find fulfilling. But from, from your perspective there, that is just, you can see the fruits of your labour every single day doing that sort of thing. Yeah, it was just great fun. Now. It's, uh, yeah, when you're walking around the uni and you actually look in the computer labs and there's students looking at courses that you see these things that they're doing and actually engaging really well in that you kind of, uh, you taught their lecturer how to do. So uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. Can't complain. That's fantastic. What an interesting journey. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today and the training side of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how really business owners can kind of create that culture you know we all want our employees to be engaged we want them to enjoy coming to work but we also sometimes struggle to allow them to develop because we're always so at least we feel so busy and we sometimes get the priorities wrong we don't always put the focus on the people it's sometimes on the product where it needs to be on the people or on you know we lose the service element and we're just pulled in so many directions that the first thing usually to go is that internal development of people so just coming from your background then, Colin, how important is it to dedicate that kind of time to your employees and to the people that actually look up to you and trust you? <laughs> well, I suppose I'm going to say this, but vital, 100% important. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It's the first thing to go, isn't it? especially as an individual, like if you yourself, you're running a business or you're running a company or you're just an employee and you're getting really busy, the first thing that you stop doing is reading your books or doing your courses or going out and getting out for a day and actually doing a course externally too. Um, it's just, it's the easiest thing to cancel, isn't it? Because it's the customer service, it's the sales, it's all the things that you do in your job that actually kind of, they're, they're the ones that just take over. Um, but I don't know, I think that probably the one of the most the most common things that happens, if you, if you start to neglect that training, um, is that you just see, I've seen it in, I saw it in Napier quite a lot, I've seen it in a lot of businesses since, I work with a lot of other small businesses now outside of academia, I'm kind of well outside that world nowadays. Um, and the most common thing I often see is just, it's just general boredom. It's general lack of innovation. It's just people who are in their jobs just doing the same thing day in, day out. Um, and it's not their fault at all. They're, they're, they don't know any better. They don't know anything different. They're doing their jobs. They're doing these things. They know how to do them. They've been shown how to do them in the past. But they're not encouraged to get out and learn how to do it better. They're not encouraged to go out and learn something different. It's not even um, learn, knowing what they do. You're like People will have a job. They'll have a task. But and you can go and learn how to do that better, but it's more actually going out to more general training or or creating better internal general training that actually gives them other ideas, you know, think outside the box type of stuff. So I think it's that, it's getting over the dreary, drudgery, boredom, day-to-day work. It's, that's, what, that's what, to me, development training combats the most. I think, it's absolute, I think you're absolutely right that it's vital. And I think, you know, as... as Anyone listening to this, as you said, well, of course these guys are going to say that. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. That's what the episode's about. But yeah. actually, when we think about it, it really is about empowering the staff and giving them responsibility. And, and a great friend and mentor of mine, a lady called Dorothy Betts, who's fantastic, she always, always, always tells me that people don't ever turn up to work to deliver badly. They want yeah. to do well. They want to impress and really excel at whatever they're doing regardless of what that is and if we can empower them to do that it gets over the drudgery doesn't it It gets over that that common i just turn up and i'm 
I'm just doing my job and this kind of doesn't matter to the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, 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 the, yeah, it's the motivation as well, isn't it? As soon as you know that you, as soon as you've got some ideas of how you can do something a little bit better, you, like you say, you want to impress. So it just motivates you to get out there and do more, do more for the business. Just it benefits everyone. And it, it's all compounded, isn't it? You know, if, if someone takes the baby step to doing something better, they get excited about seeing the result or, you know, the reward from doing so. They then go ahead and research it, you know, develop their expertise in it. It's all compounded. Everything accelerates just by giving that ownership, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Really important, really important. And when we think about a business owner, then let's let's consider it from the other side of things. As we said, we all get busy and everyone, frankly, does neglect this side of things, the personal development. Not only your own personal development as a business owner, but you do sometimes think, I just want the job doing that these people are there to do. And we'll talk about the personal development perhaps at the next review. That's that's not really the right way to look at this sort of thing, is it? It needs to be an everyday sort of mentality. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, building it into the process from the start really is the, the key. How difficult is it really to, as a business owner, do you think, and someone that has seen so many businesses, how difficult is it to step outside of that, outside of your own box of busyness and really start to take stock of what your employees need in terms of training? I think, um, well, <laughs> two, I suppose two sides to that. Uh, it, the first answer would be it's not at all. So it's not actually difficult in the slightest to do that. And a lot of the, a lot of, well, I can, I can have a wee chat about what you can do to make it easy, I suppose. But um, the other side to that is that actually it's hugely difficult because because you need the motivation to do it in the first place. You need actually, while while it's not a, a, an arduous thing to do, it's not time consuming. Um, it's difficult in that you need to get your mindset changed entirely. You need to actually get it in your head how important it is in the first place, and that's that. That's the thing that needs to change. It's how how high a priority you have for that training. Um, so I think, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question exactly, total contradictory there, but yeah, difficult in one way and not at all in the other. It's, it's, it is this kind of juxtaposition that most people find themselves in as a business owner, because you know what it's like if you are pulled in so many directions, where do you put your priorities? You know, without going through this whole analytical process of figuring out where you're the most effective and what you can delegate, you know, people, again, don't believe they've got the time to do that. So I can understand that, you know, both of those sides of that coin make perfect sense because on any given day, you could feel any one of those two feelings, I guess. You could feel, well, actually, yeah, let's take this by by the hand. Let's let's build this into our business. Let's do it every single day. Or you've had a bad morning. There's a deadline looming. You've perhaps got up late. Your car's broken down. And it's the last thing on your mind. You just want to get in there and get it done. And I think one of the key things that, that I'm really keen on, on on exploring is the kind of systems behind this because as with anything that is effective, you need to do it consistently and it doesn't have to be a big gesture. Yeah. It just needs to be something systematic every single day, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, yeah, well, do you want to have a chat about that? What do you want to know? <laughs> well, interestingly, how have you seen the businesses that you've worked with, how have you seen the work that you've done with them really affect their internal systems and their approach to this? How How... Have they really benefited? And how have you helped them, I guess, <laughs> see the light in this regard? <laughs> okay, well, um, 
I suppose, I suppose, again, there's a couple of bits to that. There's, firstly, I actually, a lot of the people that I've worked with for that kind of training um, have already realized the importance of it. So they've come to me because they think, do you know what, we do need to do a bit more training. We do need to get this as a higher priority, therefore. So how do you do it? So most of the stuff that I do with people, actually, is how, how to build it out, what system, like you say, the systems that come into place that actually make it easy to create those courses, to make it easy for, to deliver those courses, make it easy for people to take part in those courses. And actually how to make those courses effective because there's a hell of a lot of crap online training out there. There's a lot of stuff out there that which is basically just people throwing um, old PDFs or old training books online, which is no good. It's, it's not engaging. It doesn't attract people in. It doesn't actually work very well either. Um, so first, that's kind of the main thing around what I do. Uh, the other side, the convincing people. Um, I, I think that is just around showing the 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 of like the case studies and stuff like that. So yeah, it's around talking about businesses that have benefited from it, and there are loads out there. I mean, um, the classic example a lot of people have heard of is the uh, is uh, Google. So Google doing their twenty percent innovation. So it's the freedom um, for people to go out and spend a day a week um, learning what they like, and then actually using that to build whatever the hell they like for for a day a week. And it's that kind of that kind of allowing in a bit of entrepreneurism, not the entrepreneurism, but the entrepreneurism within the company that lets people learn a bit more of what they want as opposed to doing prescribed training, which is uh, you know given to them by the company, but letting them choose a little bit of what they want to learn um, and then actually do what they want with it after that as well. That's the kind of, I don't know, that's the example I always talk to people about, about how beneficial building in these processes are. Nice. So refreshing i mean you know the google idea the 20 percent idea is huge yeah. when you think about a small business owner think how scary that must be if yeah. you went and said <laughs> you're going to give a day back to your employees and do you know what you're going to let them do what they want yeah you know that traditional model of business <laughs> people would freak wouldn't they they'd yeah. be thinking well what what is this but then when you think about the generations that are coming through i spoke to uh, to ryan jenkins next uh, from the next generation catalyst podcast a while sure. ago and we were talking about the millennials and, and, and the next generation, even after the millennials, the sort of digital natives, their attention spans just aren't what the attention spans of a 45, 50, 55, 60 year old person yeah. are. They don't have that. And allowing someone to go out there and take ownership and say, well, look, you do what interests you and you're allowed to do it on our time. You will, you will benefit wildly from this. And as a business owner, actually seeing that it does come back and benefit you later. What a mindset change that is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it scares people to death. Like they just they can't imagine how it could possibly pay itself back. A fifth of the week gone. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's not a fifth of the week gone. It's giving your employees that freedom to develop themselves, to work on their own projects. Um, was proven again by Google. Uh, what was it? I can't remember exactly what year it was, but there was a year quoted by um, the CEO whereby more than 50% of the products released by Google that year were created as part of the uh, the individual project time. So everything, like half of everything that Google put out that year and started making money from was created just by employees on their own time. Uh, well, not their own time, sorry, in their, in, their, in their one day a week where they can do whatever they like. And that was where the innovation came from. That was where the innovative products came out of that people really wanted to use. And uh, Gmail was one of them. Gmail, one of the biggest Google tools out there, that came from uh, a Google employee just playing around in his spare time and thinking, oh, I might build a better email app. <laughs> and now they get uh, tons of value out of that. It's just amazing, isn't it, when you think about it like that. And I think from a business owner's perspective, to take it down to more grassroots level, the people that are running a small business or a mid-sized business, 
allowing the people that time to develop themselves and almost train themselves, personal development, personal learning in their own time. It really, it can really pay a dividend. You know, we do a lot of it at DMSQD whereby we say, well, look, what problems are we solving for our clients? And is there any partnership opportunities? Can we package something up and create a solution for the wider industry based on the idea that a client's had and the implementation that we've done? Is there anything in that that we can package up? And you wouldn't, if you didn't have that culture of saying, well, look, let's just talk, talk about this over lunch. Let's go take some breakfast and talk this through. Let's have some ideas rather than being sat in front of your computer building code. Let's talk through the ideas. If we didn't have that kind of culture, then a lot of the projects we undertake just wouldn't come to fruition. And it, even thinking about our own internal struggles, that didn't come easy. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, we were, <laughs> we're, aren't we all mentored and we're all, we're all taught by society that between the hours of 8, 30 and 5, we have to be working. And what that working is, is totally alien to a lot of people. Yeah. And trying to get out of that mindset for people mm-hmm. is so, so difficult. But wow, the value can be absolutely fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. Superb. Gmail, everyone. Think about Gmail. That's, <laughs> that's the sanity check. <laughs> and it, it kind of seems like Google don't make money out of that, but trust me, they do. Oh, of course <laughs> they do. Oh, yes. <laughs> so let's just talk about the, the the impact on on the flip side. So if you if you have somehow created a poor internal personal development or training culture, mm-hmm. what kind of impact that can that have on your business? What can that lead to in terms of employees and the bottom line? What, what can that do to you? Well, I, I, I think the classic example of that is the old uh, health and safety training that everyone has to do. If you've ever worked for a, a bigger company um, and having to do uh, you know, the health and safety, uh, this is what you have to do when you're left in a box and this is how you have to sit at your desk and this is, how, this is the height your monitor should be and all that kind of stuff. And actually, it's uh, valuable stuff. I mean, I've, like, I, I've done a lot of stuff around um, posture and sitting at the desk because I work at the computer a lot. So I get sore necks and things and it's really valuable knowing this stuff. But I had to go through uh, a training course at Napier, which was fully online, just these little pictures and things we had to go through. It was terrible. It was so boring. It took like 45 minutes to do something that should have taken 10 um, if it was just done in a little video, something nice, a bit of multimedia. Um, so you have these terrible, terrible internal training things that people have to go through. Uh, and it tends to be just based on law as well. So it's just the stuff that the company has to do. And the end result of that is just that people basically just take the boxes and don't actually take any of it in. Like I remember people uh, talking about that training course at Napier and like, oh, yeah, I was just, I was reading a book while clicking my mouse over at the mm-hmm. side while it was going through the buttons. I didn't see any of it. So it's just, it wastes an hour of that person's time. They get nothing out of it whatsoever and it puts them off any further training that you ever tried to put them on because of the format of it. Well, the interesting thing with that as well is that, I mean, we've all been through that health and safety training. I connected on LinkedIn with someone that I knew in a, in a past life, maybe 10, 11 years ago, maybe even 12 years ago. Man, I'm getting old. And <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it, it was, it, t- it took me back to my last office job. And the one memory that I had from that was the first day I walked in, I had to do that. Right. I had to do this virtual <laughs> health and safety training that taught me about yeah. lifting boxes. I was an administrator. I had, in two years working there, didn't see one box. Yeah. And it was just so disenchanting. I, yeah. You know, that. Yeah. Such a bad me, first impression, isn't it? It's just, exactly. doesn't give you a great, uh, a great feeling about the job straight from the beginning. <laughs> that's the thing. And that's what I was just going to come on to. It, it set the tone for, for that entire period of time there. In that, in my mind, at, at 21 years old, you know, a little bit, <laughs> as I think a lot of people in our generation did, this problem with management, this traditional management, 
walking in and being told to sit down and do that, it just set me on the wrong path for that business. And they didn't get the value out of me that I know yeah. that I can deliver. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's it's an amazing setup. But so many people, even at small business, current small business level, just fall into that trap, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's easily done as well. I mean, you can't even blame a lot of people because it's, it's, it's well, people see it as hard to create, it's hard to implement. So they do take these things off the shelf and just use them. And because they see all these other big companies using it, it's, it's hard to blame them. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, if they use it, then it must be good enough for us. And it's, it's, it's sometimes taking the time and developing your own and, and, and creating your own culture, which people like Google and people like Orange in the UK have done so well. They've created yeah. that culture of difference, of entrepreneurialism, which I, re- I really love that term, by the way. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Colin, I know you've you've spent a little bit of time working on something for the listeners, haven't you? You've, you've obviously are aware of the now famous, I'm going to keep telling people it's famous until it becomes famous, <laughs> the Excellence Expected Actionable Tips section. And I know oh, you've indeed. kindly worked on three pieces of advice for business owners to start implementing their own training regimes and actually getting a handle on this. So what have you got yeah. for the guys out there? Okay. Uh, well, the first one, I suppose, is around, um, uh, actually, well, which way we go? We'll go, the first, we'll go this one first, actually. That's a different one. Um, so the first one, I think, um, and it's, it kind of gets around this whole uh, putting people through the prescribed set of um, of learning materials, like that health and safety thing that gave you and I both such a, a terrible first impression to the job. Something that I think can really um, make your employees feel a lot more valuable. It can also set yourself up for a really great first year in terms of getting that employee um, set up, getting their skills up, getting them really motivated and actually giving you a whole lot more value back as well as keeping them interested is actually just set down, and I mean, this isn't anything new whatsoever, I won't claim this is new, but set down, uh, sit down with them, have a chat with them and set a few learning goals for the year. And the, the, the sort of unique part of this is that if you can stomach it, take that kind of Google approach and make one of them possibly not directly work-related either. So you've got two things, maybe out of three, which are quite work-related, but not prescribed by you. So it's something that the employee says, well, well, you say to them, right, so what is it What is it you're interested in? What aspects of this job really attracted you in? And what do you think you'd really like to develop yourself in? Um, and they might say uh, something like, well, for example, in, in my role, I had, I had an employee come in um, about six months ago and I had this kind of conversation with them and the job was around marketing. So it was around SEO and digital marketing and social media and all that kind of thing. And there were a set of things that I wanted to do. But he said that he had a particular interest in actually um, learning how to build a basic website. And that wasn't part of the job description whatsoever. But I thought, well, do you know what? That would be damn useful to me anyway. <laughs> no, it wasn't what I was planning to get him to do. But if he knows how to do that, I will uh, be able to use that completely. So that went into his learning goals. And we spent a bit of time on that over the next six months. And he, we, we, like, we obviously have conversations quite often. And he's told me many times that that was... Um, something that really helped him buy into the company in the very first place. So in the early days, letting him do that, letting him spend time on something he wanted to that wasn't really part of what I have to had to do. It was a voluntary thing. Um, I thought that was a real value. Uh, and that was something related to work as well. So that was a benefit to me. So try and make the third one, though, out of those three, something that might not even be directly related to your work. So even if it's not that valuable to you, let them spend a bit of time, maybe half a day, maybe a couple of hours a week on that learning. Um, 
I mean, it might be something as, as abstract as like creative writing. So they want to think they can write a book at some point in their future. So let them do a creative writing course online a couple of hours a week during the work. And you know what? Those skills will come back into the work at some point. You'll find a way to use them. They'll find a way to use them because they're enthusiastic about it. So that's the first thing. Actually, just have a chat and see what they want to know. I love that. I love the idea of, of having the confidence to let the employee do and breathe how they want to breathe. Let them develop how they want to develop and don't force them down that path. Don't give them the health and safety type courses. Yes, let them learn that they need to see, but do it in a different way. But also let them do what they want. Give them three projects, sit down, set the learning goals and allow them allow them that time internally to do that. A lot of employees and a lot of employers feel bad and almost feel like it's like the Facebook syndrome. I've got to hide what I'm doing if I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. You know, bring it out into the open, make it part of the culture. Yeah. I think that's fantastic, Colin. Really, really good. And tip two, sir. So yeah, that was, that's kind of the changing the mindset type of thing. So if you start doing that with your employees, that's you helping to change your mindset in the first place and make training more um, prominent in your company. So the second one was moving on to the actual technicals of it. So this is actually around um, how you deliver it. And I think uh, you need to look into creating your own learning platform. So the next actionable tip would be to actually investigate this. And there's two two things that I would, um, two pointers that I would give. These are the actionable bits, I suppose. Um, either, depending on what you want to do, um, if you are in a small business, you're happy to mess around with it, get involved in um, learning how WordPress works. So WordPress is a content management system. It helps you to create a website. Um, and WordPress is really powerful in that it comes with a whole massive community. Millions and millions of people use WordPress. It's the most popular CMS on the web. And because of that community, it comes with all these tools, um, many of which are based around creating learning resources. So you can create an online learning website, really effective, really good looking online learning website with WordPress and a few extra plugins. And none of it requires coding in the slightest. So um just this is kind of getting around the misconception that it's actually quite hard to make online learning courses that look good, that work well. Um, so yeah, first aspect to that, if you want to, if you want to play around with it, get on WordPress, start investigating. Um, and if you want some extra tips on how to do that, uh, I, I'm going to put a few links up on the type of plugins to use at uh, thepodcasthost.com forward slash mark. So just pop over to there. I uh, hope you don't mind me saying that, Mark. Uh, but of course yeah, not. Put some resources on there if they want some extra tips on it. Um if you don't want to play around with it yourself, then um, I one of the companies that I work with uh, called LearnedEn.com, um, we actually help people to put together these type of courses. So it's actually easy enough to um, create your own uh, courses on a nice platform, just like WordPress, on either WordPress or something like Moodle, which is another open source um, learning platform. Um, and it's really easy to put together a course like that just for um, sort of helped by ourselves and uh, can help you in, in all sorts of ways to put them together. So yeah, the next uh, next actual tip is basically to look into how to put these together. Get your hands dirty, guys, because yeah, it's exactly. not that difficult, is it, Colin? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Super. And the third and final tip is uh, get multimedia. Start using podcasts. <laughs> I would say that, of course, being a podcasting guy. But uh, I think you need to be using uh, podcasts and videos. Um, and the second part of this actually is to use your staff, get your staff to do it. So um, you want to be you want to be creating your training using either audio recordings. That's podcasts. So if you if you're not well, of course you're familiar with podcasts. You're listening to a podcast right now. <laughs> so yeah, create. <laughs> 
create your uh, training in a series of podcasts, maybe 10, 20 minute sections. Maybe you'll need five or six episodes to cover a particular topic. And then you can, staff can download it. They can take it on the road. They can listen to it as they're going. Um, really effective way to teach people I've found over the years. Videos, really actually quite easy to create nice looking videos with just a little bit of, um, of coaching. Uh, and cost-wise, both only, like, you can get good podcasting kit for less than two or three hundred pounds, and you can get a really good video kit for actually well less than a grand. Like, you just need a good DSLR, a couple of nice lights, and a tripod, and you can start to create really nice resources. Um, and then you can use the second bit of this, uh, is to use your own staff to do that. So encourage your staff to actually get out and create those. Get them to start talking about their own jobs, talking about their particular skills. Everyone that you have on your staff will have something that they do really well. Um, so get them to write it down, get them to, to record it, get them to video it, get them to actually create a sh very short course, nothing more than like 30 minutes to an hour max of total material um, and talk about how they do it. Um, the benefits of that are a fewfold. Firstly, uh, it gets buy-in from the person that's creating the course, so they feel really valuable because they're actually helping to develop other people around. Their, their skills are being acknowledged. Secondly, the people that are learning it are much more likely to identify with people they work with, with people they like, well, hopefully they like, uh, with people that they, you know, they see every day. So they're much more likely to, to find this material engaging because it's those folk, because it's those people that they know. And uh, and thirdly, I can't remember what my third point was. That that'll do. Two points is fine. <laughs> but yeah, get, get your own uh, get your own staff to do it, and it's just so much more valuable, so much more effect. Oh, that was it. Systematize. So yeah, uh, if those staff then leave, of course, then you're not losing their skills entirely. Um, so these staff that you find really valuable, they're great skills. You're getting it all down on audio, on video, and that can be passed on to the other staff, and it just it just helps everyone to develop. I think that's really interesting, Colin. I think the idea that things can be created so much more cost effectively these days you know the video rig doesn't cost what it used to cost the podcasting rig is even more cost effective there really are no barriers to this there are only benefits it's yeah, fantastic definitely superb colin it's been a real real pleasure talking to you sir and for the listeners would you mind just telling folk where they can find you online yeah sure uh well first place podcasting if you're into podcasting you want to learn a bit more about that you can come to the podcasthost.com uh, if you come to forward slash mark and you'll get the stuff i've talked about today uh i would do, I'd do a few courses so how to build a website for example free course on learnden.com which is another place and uh, I can't resist because I just launched it yesterday, but uh, we've got a, a new website we've just launched, Mark. I'll have to get you to buy one, which is uh, beervault.co.uk, where I'm selling uh, beer cases. <laughs> which That's is it. You've sold one already. Completely and utterly unrelated. But uh, my brother, is a, he sells, uh, he runs a bar down in Bristol and we uh, distribute craft beer. So if you're into a really good beer, go to beervault.co.uk and uh, check them out. I am an ale man, sir. I'm a oh, real ale man. Good stuff. You'll like them then. Get over there and have a look. Wow, that's <laughs> it, guys. I'm going to have to cut this interview short because I need to go buy some beer. <laughs> Colin, thank you once again, sir. It's been a real pleasure. No problem at all. Anytime, Mark. Guys, for the show notes, as ever, head on over to excellence-expected.com. And don't forget, whilst you're over there, you can pick up a free copy of my ebook, The Essential 14-Day Guide to Cutting Your Working Hours and Increasing Your Impact, which is something I put together based on my own trial and error and my own experiences. So check it out. It is a freebie. Until next time, guys, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel.